Hi, and welcome back to A Pagan Heart in Maine. I want to thank all of you who wrote to wish me well while I was under the weather a few weeks ago. If any of you are thinking of getting the flu this year, don't. Trust me, the flu is not your friend. On today's episode, we'll do some Magic 101 and a new segment called Ask Wolf. And to start us off today, here is Laura Powers with Circle of Stone. Back 
Have you ever noticed that when someone is confused or trying to understand what you are saying, that sometimes their head tilts to the side? There's a reason for this. You see, the brain is like a water pitcher. It only holds a certain amount of information before it starts to spill over. So what people do is if their brain starts to get full, they have to dump out some of their thoughts to understand what you're trying to tell them. Thus, they tilt their head. I find a lot of people tilt their head when I talk. This is not necessarily a good thing, because I realize they may be dumping out really good information they've learned over the years just to try and understand my ramblings. My nieces and nephews learned this at a young age. They would ask me questions, and I would answer them, and their little heads would tilt to the side, and valuable knowledge would be lost forever. Why is the sky blue? Because it's not green. If it was green, you wouldn't see the outlines of the trees. Oh, and their little heads would fall over to the side. How does the grass grow? Because the gophers and chipmunks push it up from underneath. Oh, head tilted to the side. Eventually they learned an important lesson, and that's not to ask Uncle Grey Wolf any questions, because Uncle Grey Wolf is crazier than a loon. But children are like that. They're very quick to dump good information for whatever new comes along. Because they are learning, and trying to figure out what's good information and what is bad. And I'm always amazed at what is kept as good information. When my niece was five, she was playing in the house one day, and one of our cats at the time walked across the room, and I was bored. I said to my niece, That's a Sticklefrit kitty. She looked at me and said, No, that was Fluffy. I said, No, her name is Fluffy, but she's a Snicklefrit kitty. Her tiny little teacup of a head tilted to the side and dumped out everything her five years had taught her about cats to listen to what I had to say. So I said, The way you can tell if a cat is a snicklefrit is if you listen to them really, really hard, they make a sound like flibberty gibbet. Well, her eyes lit up, and she made a beeline right for the cat. Entertainment comes in many forms. For me that day, it came in the form of a little child chasing, catching, and holding a cat up to her ears to make a weird sound. Fluffy was not happy, and the cat had to put up with days of this, thinking to itself, gotta run from the human kitten, don't scratch the human kitten. I scratched the furniture and the fat one had me fixed, only God knows what'll happen if I scratch the human kitten. Just wait until the fat one falls asleep. I guess the moral of this is just that the next time you're listening to someone, and you find yourself tilting your head, Make sure you're not dumping out something important you may need later. Thank you.
them where magic roses hang. The moon beneath the castle walls as the nightingale sings. The golden bird he gave to me what happiness he brings. Like a star on a Christmas tree as the nightingale sings. And so we sat hand in hand and watched the fireflies. And never spoke a Blackmore's Night with Avalon. Witchcraft 101. In the past episodes, I asked you to notice things more. Find the details. See movement around you. Now what this is doing is retraining your brain to be more aware, and after a while you won't have to consciously look for things. As you make a habit of noticing the world around you, your subconscious and your intuition will start picking up on this. Pretty soon things will jump out. You'll be like, hey, I never saw that before. Or, oh, look at that. It may take a month. It may take six months. Everyone's an individual and there's no real time frame. Visualization. Being able to visualize is important to finding the goals you seek. You may say, I don't know how to visualize. And again, this is something that everyone does and may not realize. When you hear a song in your head, you are visualizing. When you smell a pie and remember something in your past, that is visualizing. Here's an exercise. Take an object, like an orange, 
hold it in your hand. Use what you've been learning about awareness. See the orange, its color, its weight. Is it cold? Is it warm? How does it feel in your hands? Now close your eyes and still picture the orange as you hold it. Look at it with your eyes closed, as if they were open. See the orange color, and if you have trouble picturing it, go back a step. Open your eyes and look at it. It's not cheating, you're just retraining your perception of what you are holding, so that you can sort of see it with your eyes closed. Keep doing this until it's as if when you close your eyes, it's not like closing your eyes at all, so that your mind can still see the orange in your head. Oh, and also, don't give yourself a headache doing this. It's okay to walk away if it gets frustrating. Try different objects too. Now when you feel comfortable with visualizing while holding it, here's the next step. Set the orange down, now close your eyes, and cup your hands and visualize the orange in your hands. See it with your mind. Feel it as if you were holding it. Remember if it was cold or warm, how heavy it was. And again, this may come automatically, or it may take a while. And remember, you can always go back a step. Visualization is important because we will go beyond just visualizing objects to visualizing goals and action and environment. The clearer that you are able to visualize, the clearer your goals will become as we move on to intent, will, and manifestation. Fuzzy thought creates fuzzy results. Now as these lessons progress, I'm going to be introducing the various laws of energy work and ethics and magical work. Back in the beginning of this series, I asked you to get a notebook and keep notes during this section of awareness. I'd like to ask you now to start another notebook of laws and ethics. Now you might say, wait a minute, why should I write this down if I already have this podcast? And the reason is, is that I want you to write these lessons down in your words and in your writing. By doing that, you will remember more, and also you'll be putting your own energy into these lessons. Remember, not everyone will practice magic and energy work the same way I do. By writing this down, you may see or think of the lesson in a different way than the way I present it. The Law of Cause and Effect, or What Goes Around Comes Around or karma, or the law of three. Every action and every thought that you create is a cause, and they create effects. An example, your boss wants you to finish a project. Well, you have two choices. You can finish a project, or not. If you follow the cause that finishes a project, you keep your job, collect a paycheck at the end of the week, those are effects. If you don't finish, you're fired. Cause and effect. It sounds very simple, but there's a lot more than that. And here's where awareness will come in. How many people may be affected by you doing or not doing your job? What actions may happen because of that? Will your actions affect other people's actions? The same principle works in thought as well. Take the original example. You could say, I'll do the project, but I won't like it. Your thoughts about the project will come back the same way. If you have a negative attitude, 
it will reflect on this finished product and will also make your personal energy negative. So you may find that even though you did a positive cause by finishing the project, you may find that the negative thoughts and emotion you put into it will cancel out any benefit from completing the task and that the effects will still have a negative impact on your life. Your actions may continue to have effects and cause other actions long after the original decision has been made. And when a cause returns to you, it will bring along with it all of the accumulated effects. In magic, this is where people speak of a threefold law. The energy that you put out will come back threefold, or fivefold, or sevenfold, maybe in ways you hadn't even thought of. The law of cause and effect. The 
the roots, the leaves and the bark, the limbs, the veins, the head and the heart, the earth, the roots, the leaves and the bark. That was a spiral dance with the oak. This next segment I'm going to call Ask Grey Wolf. I received an email a few weeks back from Susie Q who asked, Could you maybe do something where you're defining the term fluffy bunny? To us neophyte pagans, it would probably help us in filtering out some of the fluffier authors out there. It would be an immense help to us newbies. Thank you so much. Question. How many fluffy bunny pagans does it take to change a light bulb? Answer. We don't use light bulbs. We just think happy thoughts at our quartz crystals and they glow. Fluffy bunnies. Fluffies. White lighters. McWickens. Aluella witch. Insta witches. Bunny wicca. Wicklets. One book wiccans. Crafties. Charmers. Plagans. These are all derogatory terms to describe a certain type of pagan. The primary definition out there for what a fluffy bunny is, is one who refuses to learn, refuses to think, and refuses to consider the possibility that they could possibly ever be wrong. Generally, they find one book, author, or website, and follow it as if it was the holy word, 
frequently denouncing anything that disagrees with them as obviously false. The term fluffy bunny is mistakenly used to refer to people just starting on their path and are just learning. Now everyone has to start somewhere, yet it's where you go from there that makes a difference. It's the attitude and unwillingness to learn that makes someone a fluffy bunny. There's no judgment in not knowing. Regardless of where you are on your path, everyone is still learning. Some people just choose not to learn and want to live in a fantasy world rather than the real world. These are the people who have watched the craft too many times, or every episode of Charmed, or too many hours playing Dungeons and Dragons, and then decide, hey, I'm going to be a pagan. And then the next week they're dressed in black clothes, wearing large pentagrams, and actually believe they are the mighty wizard Archon out to kill orcs. This is TV. This is fantasy. It's not real. Now on a side note, a toast in memory to Gary Gygax, creator of Dungeons and Dragons, who died this past week. Thank you for the long nights filled with friends drinking cheap soda and potato chips while slaying mighty beasts. You'll be missed, my friend. All of us find our path for a reason. It may have been an episode of Charmed. It may have been a game with weird-shaped dice that triggered a desire to learn more. But regardless of what may have been a trigger, you want to find the truth, not live in a fantasy. A few of the signs of being a fluffy bunny. Pretending that everything is light and love and ignoring everything dark and threatening. Or the opposite, clinging to the dark and gothic and ignoring the light. That's not real life. That's not balance. You can cling to the light. You can live in love and light. And that everything in life is all sparkly and shiny. But don't blind yourself that this is the way the universe works. There is balance and there are dark energies and light energies. There are light deities and dark deities. That's reality. They usually believe everything they read. Now, pagans are usually the most open-minded people in the world. But don't be so open-minded that your brains dribble out the back of your head. Just because someone says nine million people died in the burning times doesn't make it real. And witches were not burned at the stake in Salem. They were hung. And they weren't witches that we know of. Complaining of being persecuted all the time. And having what I would call a magical chip on your shoulder. Claiming to be from an ancient religion and not knowing anything about it. Claiming they only use white or good magic. There's no such thing. There's only magic and energy. It's the intent you put behind it that makes magic good or bad. Magic is a tool and it's neither good or evil, although it can be used for both. Getting all upset at any kind of challenge involving logic or fact. Believing that only feelings really matter, and disregarding what others have to say if it doesn't agree with what they already believe, whether or not they can even prove their claims. These are just a few of the warning signs. There are others. But I would say the biggest difference between being a newbie and a fluffy is precisely in terms of how they respond to education. The uneducatable will more likely get angry and upset at anyone who presents the truth because they're already committed to it's anything I want it to be as a guiding principle. 
whether we're talking about history, theology, practice of magic, or whatever. I've met a few people like that. So I would say if you're new to the path, read everything you can, but don't believe everything you read. Listen to people, but don't blindly follow them. Remember that each person walks their own path through life. Learn wherever you can, but ask lots of questions. And keep your wits and your brains about you.
And that was Laura Powers with Goddess of the Sea Mist. I want to give a shout out to some of my fellow podcasters. And I need to give out an apology. I actually forgot to mention in my last episode, Life Wolf over at the Broom Closet. She has a wonderful show with great information, whether you're in the broom closet or not. And a shout out to Mojo and Sparrow, Orion, Darkly Faye, Tommy Elf, Serenity and Lady Saren, Dio, Mandy, Therese, Eric, Ron and the crew over at Michigan, the crew over at Pagan Center Podcast, Dave, Sandy, and Ellen and Chris over at Spirit Finders. These are the cats you want to be listening to. You can find links to their shows over at www.paganheartandmain.com on the right-hand side of the page and also at the link at the top where it says Podcast for the Pagan Heart. And you can also find them here. Each individual's path is their own to travel. Each individual's travels are shaped by their own experiences. Each individual's experiences can serve as signposts for others in their own travels. This is Tommy Elf, and this is my pagan podcast from the edge of the circle. Come join me while I share not only my own experiences on a variety of topics, but also the experiences of you, the audience, through emails, gizmo project voicemails, and whatever other method you can get an answer to the show's upcoming topics. From the Edge of the Circle is a show geared towards you, as I am always willing and ready to tackle whatever topics you can toss my way. This may be my podcast, but I try to make the topics yours. You can find From the Edge of the Circle available for download via iTunes or by going directly to the Libsyn website at http colon slash slash edgeofcircle.libsyn.com that's E-D-G-E-O-F-C-I-R-C-L-E dot L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com I'm looking forward to hearing from you via whatever medium that you can communicate with me through blessed be and thank you for downloading the show Hello, Squire. What can I do for you? Uh, the Leotard is my factory. Uh, you know this is a fish market, right? The Leotard is my factory. Oh, you want the forest at night? The... Forest at night. Oh, it's a new pagan podcast with your host, Eric. Pagan potpourri for the planetary pagan peoples with loads of randomness for good measure. Look them up on iTunes or visit the show at www.theforestatnight.com. Ah, I will not buy this record. It is scratched. Sorry, mate. You're the tobacconists. Next door. Tobacconists? Yes, tobacconists. Good morning. Got pagan issues? Got pagan concerns? Come and join our panel, a group of pagans walking different paths, having conversation and fellowship. Talking about everything pagan with a little flair and a lot of fun, but always from our heart. Just real people sharing our views with other modern-day pagans. So come join us at Mid-Michigan Pagan Podcast. You can find us on Pagan Radio Network. To find our showtimes, please go to www.paganradio.net. 
You can also find us on iTunes by searching for Mid-Michigan Pagan Podcast. Or you can go to www.midmichiganpaganpodcast.podcastpeople.com. Now, now it's time, time to hear Orion's voice. Hey, this is Orion, the cultured barbarian. Join me on a journey down a path less traveled. We will explore paganism and politics in a way that you might not expect. You can find me on iTunes or at orionwitch.libsyn.com. Are you looking for something more out of your gods? Are you looking for how to make the Norse gods a part of your life? Then join us at Ravencast. Check out ravencast.podbean.com. We have interviews, Ostru 101 casts, holiday specials, and much, much more. Check out ravencast.podbean.com. It's more hammer than you can handle. Feeling trapped in the broom closet? Oh, don't be so dramatic. You're in good company. Hi, I'm Live Wolf, and if you're a closeted pagan looking for a podcast that's tailor-made for you, check out The Broom Closet, a show that deals with matters of daily importance for Wiccans and other pagans who haven't gone public with their faith. You can find us on the web at thebroomclosetshow.blogspot.com or search for us on iTunes under the spirituality category. The Broom Closet. Tight spots make for close company. This is Mojo. And this is Sparrow. From, from the, the Wiggly and Way. The Wiggly and Way is a pagan podcast that explores the many facets of living a magical lifestyle. We are two Wiccans practicing witchcraft in beautiful British Columbia, Canada. Join with us and explore your path on the Wiggly and Way. You can download us at thewigglyandway.libsyn.com. You can also find us using iTunes, we're at Podcast Pickle, and on Podcast Alley. Thanks, Thanks for, for walking, walking the Wigglyan Way. This is definitely not your mother witchcraft. <laughs> I don't know. Um, the best spell I ever did for employment was the get an application and fill it out and turn it back in spell. That one worked really well for me. If a guy couldn't fall in love with me without a love spell, is he really the guy? I don't know. Um, I love being pagan, but sometimes <laughs> I'm a witch and I'm proud. That's me, the witch in the city. Join Serenity for Witch in the City, where we discuss all things pagan. It's talk for the modern pagan. Well, I'm going to call this episode 10, and as always, all of the music on A Pagan Heart in Maine is used with permission from the artists. You can also find links to the artists on today's episode at www.paganheartinmaine.com. 
And always, a thank you to harpist Jerry Marchand for the background music here on A Pagan Heart. I love hearing from all of you out there, and you can contact me on my website, or you can find me on MySpace or over at paganspace.net by looking for Grey Wolf Moonsong. Thank you all again for joining me today, and to close out this episode, this is Blackmore's Night with Self-Portrait. Until next time, have a blessed Ostara, a happy Easter, and bright blessings. Trace to be found